Grave Plot Podcast. What up, boners? Welcome to week three of Octoberama. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this is the Grave Plot Podcast. Uh, week three of Octoberama means that we are on week of the alien. Yeah. Aliens. Aliens? Yep. <laughs> Sounds like a, uh, like a frozen treat or something. Aliums. <laughs> Um, like A L I Y U M S. Ailey Yums. There you go. <laughs> you should market that. I'm going to. Patent pending. What is it going to be? Like an ice cream treat? Yep. Okay. Like one of those. Uh, one of it looks like a, like, a, like a gray, but with like gumball eyes. I was going to say, it's got to be one of the gumball <laughs> things. Yeah. Those gumballs lose their flavor in like five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. They're just disgusting. <laughs> just like chalk. They're so bad. But you know what? They were the best part. But you know what? They're only a quarter. You get you go to the machine, put in your quarter, turn a little crank, and then you shove them in a piece of ice cream. Yep, <laughs> that's how that happens. <laughs> anyway, so week of the alien. This is a mini sode. No horror business for you. Correct. If you want horror business, go re-listen to last week's episode, <laughs> or don't. That was a weird episode. It was fun though. I had fun. Yeah. I, I sense that you didn't have fun, that you did not I enjoy wish, yourself. I, I wish I had picked a better movie. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> but we had a rousing conversation, I believe. Yeah, it was a, it was one of our deeper conversations for sure. Just out of character for us. Yeah, we actually like talked about the meanings of movies and messages and social commentary. And yeah. Usually we're just like, boobs. <laughs> we kind of did that on the second movie. Yeah. Did you think that was at all uh, hypocritical? It was an interesting juxtaposition. <laughs> but I mean, like, I feel that there's no problem with liking boobs. It's just when you're presented with them in a rape situation that you, it's not fun it's anymore. Icky, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Week of the Alien, we are not going to be reviewing one of those kinds of movies. No. Uh, we'll put that on the shelf for the year. Ever. <laughs> let's just let's just put that on the shelf forever. <laughs> uh, this week we're going to be talking about two movies, um, two out of this world movies. Oh, stop it! <laughs> I'm going to throw up all of your head, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> but based on uh, yes, extraterrestrials, um. Week three is always something new every year. Yeah. So this this year it's uh this year it's aliens. Mm-hmm. Um. So, which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Uh, let's start with Fire in the Sky. How does it think? What makes it move? Why does it breathe? questions anyone would ask about a man if they'd never seen one before. So for five days, a man was borrowed. The story that Travis Walton and five other witnesses told was so unbelievable, so unimaginable, that it has become the most famous case of UFO abduction ever reported.
All right, so right off the bat, let me say that I know that Fire in the Sky is not conventionally a horror movie. It's much more of a kind of... Uh, I should have vetoed this right from the get-go. No, fuck you. You don't get veto power. What the fuck are you talking about, veto? <laughs> um, <laughs> Fire in the Sky is based on a book uh, called The Walton Experience, I believe. Um, written by a guy named Walton. Written by a guy named Travis Walton, who was a character in this, uh, allegedly based on a true story of events that happened to him in 1975. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, I know this is not conventionally a horror movie, but I think that the scenes uh, of the alien uh, autopsy, or whatever you want to call it, I think they're some of the most terrifying scenes in, in cinema. Really? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Deal with it. I mean, I guess I have to. <laughs> so like I said, uh, 1975, specifically November 5th in Snowflake, Arizona, named for all the libs. Right, all the libtards. <laughs> Owned them. Owned the libs. Eating shitty pizza to own the libs. <laughs> what? <laughs> when Papa John's was... When he was ousted for being a dickhead, mm-hmm. um, all of the the alt right people were like eat, posting pictures of them eating Papa John's, being like "suck it, libs." People were like, "Yeah, eating shitty pizza to own the libs." You got me, <laughs> morons. <laughs> that's that's the thing about all these alt right idiots is like they don't know how to like own anyone. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not in. I'm not going to go cry myself to sleep because you ate shitty pizza. Yeah, it's like this beers for Kavanaugh thing. What does that even mean? <laughs> it's an excuse to get drunk. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean a bunch of uh, right-wing hicks want to get drunk <laughs> and need an excuse to do it? Since when do they need an excuse? It's like, hey, it's fucking Sunday. Let's drink some beer. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so this group of loggers, Travis Walton, along with Mike Rogers, played by Robert Patrick, T-1000. Yeah. T-1000. As, as my girlfriend pointed out, he looks a lot like a London in this movie. Like as in Jeremy or Jason? Yes. I don't see it. Uh, nah. Look again. Hmm? You look again. You'll see it. I'm not going to watch this again. Stop doing that with your microphone. I'm trying to fix it. Hold on. Sorry, 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 everyone. God damn it, now I gotta edit all that out. Son of a bitch. Anyway, go ahead. Along with Alan Dallas and David Whitlock, uh, Greg Hayes, and Bobby Cogdill, uh, they're all going up and doing some logging, as loggers tend to do. They do do that. (laughs) Do do. (laughs) Uh, And while they're on their way back, they see what looks like some kind of fire in the sky. <laughs> I did the same thing while I was watching it. <laughs> but they see like this big red light coming from the road ahead of them. And they're, you know, some of them are like, let's turn back, go the other way. Uh, some of them are like, let's go check it out, see what's going on. Uh, Mike basically says, there's one road out of here and we're on it. So we're going this way. If there's a fire, then I guess we're sleeping in the truck tonight. But they get there, and they don't 
show you right away what they see, but there's something emitting light from the sky, and Travis just immediately gets out of the truck and starts charging towards it. Yeah, what? <clears throat> and all the other guys are like, the fuck are you doing, asshole? Get back in the goddamn truck. Right, which I think it would like nine out of ten people would do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not going near that thing. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but no, Travis is like, I got to go check it out. But he doesn't say anything. He's just like drawn to it almost. And he just goes out and you see this thing that kind of looks like, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. The ship or whatever it yeah. is? Uh, like the shape is almost like, think of like if you cut an avocado in half and so it still has the pit. It kind of looks like that if you hold it upside down, so the pit is face down. So it's like, like a flat circle. Like a, yeah, but and then like flat on the sides. Sure, like a nipple. Kind of like a nipple little thing. <laughs> um, and then it looks kind of like a hive or something. The pattern. Mm. But then later it looks like molten lava. But it <laughs> don't touch the liquid hot magma <laughs> or lava. That's so yeah. Damn it. I hate when I do that. <laughs> but this light shines down and like traps Travis. And then it like picks him up like five feet and throws him like five feet backwards. <laughs> and everyone in the truck is like, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's fucking dead. I'm like, that knocked the wind out of him at most. Like, yeah. he's probably fine. But they're like, no, he's dead. Go. <laughs> and they just leave him there. <laughs> He's still moving. No, he's not. No, he's dead. <laughs> and so they just leave him there. And finally, Mike has a moment where he's just like, no, I got to go back. Everybody get the fuck out of the truck. Where he's like, uh, he's probably not dead. <laughs> you know what? I think he's probably probably okay. Yeah, he, he didn't go that he, far. Yeah, he only really fell like five feet. <laughs> he's, pro- he's probably not. He's, he's probably a little hurt. <laughs> yeah. But no, like... He's like, we got to go back for him. And everybody's like, no, we don't. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like really pushing this. He's dead. Uh, and he's just like, look, if you don't want to go, then you get the fuck and, out. And like, even if he was dead, like, go get his body. <laughs> yeah. He's your friend. Yeah. He's dating your sister. <laughs> leave him out there to get eaten by wolves. <laughs> but so Mike goes back, but he can't find him. And uh, all this is being portrayed in a flashback mm-hmm. as uh the the remaining crew is telling the story to the local lawman blake played by clay stone from city slickers you're right yeah <laughs> um but then you know he doesn't know what to think so he calls in the big guns jim rockford right? <laughs> <laughs> who he's like a He's a like a state investigator or something, right? Yeah, he said he was from the CIB. I have no idea what that's an abbreviation for. Central Investigation Bureau. Bureau. Could they not say FBI? <laughs> FBI a registered trademark? Wait, no. Oh, wait. He said he was a county investigator, so county, county investigative bureau. Maybe. I don't know. Let's see. Does it say on here? I don't even know what the character's real name is. I just called him Rockford the whole time. James Garner, man. The character. Oh, oh. Uh, Frank Waters. That's right. Frank, yeah. Frank. Frank. Frank Tom Beans. 
<laughs> um, He's in the next movie. Not that guy, but, you know, Keith David. Oh, I was like John Krasinski. <laughs> what? I was talking about The Office. Oh, I thought you were talking when about... He's like, Frank Beats. I thought you were talking about... Uh, Something about Mary. Mary. How'd you get the beans above the Frank? <laughs> <clears throat> Keith David's awesome. He is awesome. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so Rockford is like, he's not buying it. Because he's a hardened lawman. Yeah, he just thinks they're, they're just ha- having fun. Or actually, first he thinks that Mike is a murderer. Right. Based on nothing. Yeah, based on the fact that uh, Travis isn't around anymore. <laughs> right. He disappeared in the woods. Nobody knows where he is. So Mike definitely killed him. Yeah, why did he single out Mike? <laughs> I don't know. Like, he identified him. He's like, well, you're the leader of the crew. It's like, so? Yeah. <laughs> So he thinks like everybody else is covering for him or something? I guess. It's like, oh, you're the leader, so you must have killed someone. Yeah. I mean, that's the way they... Like, that's how crimes get solved. So they logic. took the West Memphis Three down, right? Right. Um, so a lot of it is Mike and the rest of the guys trying to clear Mike's name. Um, you know, it's a real small town. And Mike's like, you know what? I know you're wife and I babysit your kids and I'm a pillar of this community. How could you do this to me? It's like a it's a wonderful life thing again. Kind of, yeah. Which is funny because I almost sounded like uh, Jimmy Stewart there. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> There's our John Mulaney reference. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Gotta get it in early. <laughs> um. Oh, fuck. Big Mouth Season 2 is out. Yeah, it is. Have you watched it? No. <sighs> you know what I'm doing tonight? Jacking off. <laughs> Pounding a Coors Light and putting the wood to my wife. <laughs> Do you know what that's from? It sounds familiar. It was uh, Brock Lesnar after he won the UFC heavyweight title. It, the whole thing was sponsored by Bud Light. So there's like Bud Light all over the octagon. Uh-huh. And they're like, you know, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to go home, get a Coors Light, and I'll lay the wood to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cool, Brock. <laughs> His wife is Sable, too. Was no, I was gonna say wasn't uh, Stone Cold married to Sable, but that was no, that was Deborah. Deborah. Yep. Yes, and so the the tabloids get word of this, you know, group that has allegedly seen this flying saucer, and so all of a sudden, all the media just descends on this tiny little town in Arizona, and uh, basically it's just this, you know, Rockford's trying to get them to tell the truth, makes them take a lie detector test, uh. And, you know, they all pass. So he's like the uh, guy, the administrator of the test. He's like, as far as I can tell, these boys are telling the truth. Yeah, he's like, he's the best in the state. It's like, how can you be the best in the state at reading a polygraph? That seems like it's just a skill that if you have it, you have it. Yeah. <laughs> There's like two levels, good and not good. Right. <laughs> like good and you have no idea what you're doing. No, it's like, I don't know how to read a polygraph. So maybe there is a skill level involved. But fuck if I... It, no. it seems to me like like riding a bike. Like you either do it or you don't. Right. <laughs> but then, so uh, one night, Mike gets a phone call, and it the operator is like, "You have a collect call from Travis Walton." And his Mike's wife is just like, "We've been getting these prank calls day uh, day and night." And Mike's like, "Well, I'm you know what? I accept the charges." <laughs> 
I was watching this, and every time she would pop up on screen, my wife would be like, "Yeah, she was in Gilmore Girls." I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I recognize this this woman, but I don't know what from. And my girlfriend's like, "Oh, she was so and so's mom on Gilmore Girls." I'm like, "Nope, that's not it." <laughs> yeah, I've seen her in other things. Yeah, and like, if I were to know any of them offhand, it would not be Gilmore exactly. Girls. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so he accepts this collect call from Travis Walton. I was just, I paid to be like, you have a collect call from Travis Walton. I accept. <laughs> Fuck you, homo. <laughs> God damn you kids! <laughs> baba booey, baba booey. <laughs> Howard starts being us. <laughs> uh, but it's not that. <laughs> it's what sounds like Travis's voice just being like, Mike, I need your help. Being all D.B. Sweeney about it. <laughs> right. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's funny how D.B. Sweeney and Robert Patrick both like have these young voices. And now, if you hear them now, you can like hear... Actually, maybe not so much D.B. Sweeney, but definitely Robert Patrick. You tell how much he smokes. Yeah. Like, you, like he's, his voice is so gravelly now that you can barely understand what he says. I know. Like, when he first started talking, I was like, that's not what Robert Patrick sounds like. That's not his <laughs> voice, what they do here. Um, but yeah, so he tells him that he's at some kind of gas station. So him and his sister, who is dating Travis and... Uh, uh, Whitlock and one of the other guys, one of the nameless, faceless guys, the background guys. Yeah, um, is the is that one guy? The guy's a total fucking douche for no reason. Oh, Dallas. Yeah, him. He's a dick. Yeah, he is <laughs> for for no reason. He's like. He, well, because he's like a, an ex-con or something, so he's pretty sure that they're going to come down on him. I mean, he, he... Even though everything at this point has been all about Mike. Yeah, I mean, he's... He, <clears throat> they say he's a drifter, and he walks around, he's got like a like an army jacket on, so being that this is 75, you think maybe he's like a... Vietnam. Vietnam or something. Viet goddamn fucking Nam. <laughs> uh, so they drive out to this... They're just kind of in the middle of nowhere looking at all these different gas stations, and finally they see this naked db sweeney huddled up against the ice machine He's, they see db sweeney uh, ah i see what you did there cock <laughs> um and so they go and they they pick him up but he's he's shattered like his whole world is just they're you know they're poking him <laughs> they're doing things they probably shouldn't be doing like, they're hey like, get, hey getting in his face and yelling at him i know and like poking him and shaking him it's like that guy, he's been gone for five days. Is that yeah. right? And they're just like... He's seen he, some shit, man. Yeah. He's fucking naked and panicking. Like, like scared to death and non-communicative. Like, why would you do this? Yeah. <laughs> and they, they're trying real hard to, you know, just get him to break out of whatever funk he's in. And so who's the first people they call? The not, UFO expert or yeah, whoever. Not the cops. No, not the cops or the... Or an ambulance. Yeah. But no, they call the fucking UFO experts or whoever the fuck they are. And they come out and they're just like... They start getting in his face and they're like, what did you see? I, I need your pee. <laughs> Smile for this picture. Like the first thing he says, he's like, I need a urine sample. Right. And uh, David is like, a urine sample? What the fuck, man? <laughs> and then they're just like... 
he sees something. He's like looking out the window and they're just like, he sees something. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But so finally, finally they get uh, um, Travis back into town and they get him settled down and he's his face is just beat to shit. He's got black eyes and like little wounds on the sides of his eyes and the bottoms of his nose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Rockford's just like, it's it's a hoax. It's all a big hoax. He's had five days to cock up this... Cock up? <laughs> to, to come up with this cockamamie story. <laughs> nice save. <laughs> uh, I think it was... I was going for your concoct mm. and cockamamie. And it just turned, just had dick on the brain. Just, I just... Just made it cock. <laughs> um, Aging Dr. Freud. <laughs> but he starts having these nightmares and these flashbacks. And these, these are the scenes that I think are just super creepy. And, you know, you see the aliens and they're poking him and prodding him. Well, first he wakes up in this pod or whatever. And when he busts out and he's like floating in outer space, but he's holding this big umbilical cord or whatever. And he like pulls himself back up and tries to go back in, but he goes into a different pod and he sticks his hands in like this goopy mess and it's like half a dead body. Well, he's still alive, wasn't he? Well, there was half a person. Yeah. And the other half was just like mush. Like I wasn't sure if he was still alive or if it was if they just kind of like sat up because there was zero gravity. I don't know. I didn't I couldn't tell. It didn't really seem like there was any up or down in that space that he was in so yeah it was really weird but so yeah then the, he gets caught by the aliens and they uh like put him in this vacuum seal thing that goes over his whole body including his head and they like just open one eye and cut his mouth open and they just take slop just gack yeah. and just shove it in his mouth just eat, eat that <laughs> And then, eat it. And then they take this big metal tool and like shove it in his mouth and then they pry his eye open like in a clockwork orange and they drill into his eye and do all kinds of gross icky things to him. They put something in his butt. Probably. That's what aliens do. They have a fascination with human butts. They really do. Aliens um, are gross. <laughs> uh, one thing that's interesting is you see the alien space suits and they look like this, your stereotypical cliche grays. But the aliens themselves are like they're pink and their heads are kind of more rounded. So that was interesting that it was like very fleshy. It's kind yeah. of gross. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that it was like, yeah, the, you know, the trademark ones are, that's what they look like, but only because that's their suit. Mm. Mm. Provocative. Quite. But so, you know, he f- kind of whatever. And then Mike like moves out and he moves into the woods, becomes a woodsman. He's <laughs> got this grows a beard, ridiculous beard. <laughs> and we flash forward to two and a half years later, and uh, David goes and he picks up Mike because they hadn't seen each other in two and a half years. Because Mike told him that he he was like, you know, I went back for you, and he was like, you left me there, Travis. Yeah, what did I say, David? Oh, David's yeah. a different guy. Um. Yeah, Mike's like, but I went back. <laughs> and so then, yeah, they separate. They go their separate ways. Then we flash forward two and a half years later. Travis picks up Mike, drives him out to the spot where he got abducted. And he was like, what are we doing out here? And I was just waiting for Travis to just be like, 
I'm leaving you here. (laughs) (laughs) See how you like it. It's like, you know what would have been cool is if he's like, they needed a replacement for me. (laughs) And then Mike gets abducted. Yep. Fire in the sky too. Return to the sky. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And that's pretty much it. That's the end of the movie. It's such a weird ending. Yeah, it like th- I feel like either that little epilogue didn't need to happen or there should have been something more. There was really no indication that they jumped ahead in time. No, yeah, it didn't say like two and a half years later. You only know because uh, Travis, when he knocks on Mike's door, he says, you know, like it's, it's been like two years and Mike's like two and a half. Right. Uh, and it's just like, I mean, like the only indication you really get aside from that is the fact that like, suddenly Travis has kids and like he's married to Mike's sister now. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, this is not the next day anymore. And his face <laughs> is all better. Right. Um, yeah. So what do you think? I think it's like not good. <laughs> <laughs> what don't you like about it? Uh, I mean, like, I'll put aside the fact that I don't believe in alien abductions. Okay. Because I feel like if there's a race of beings out there, and they're like, I imagine there are other uh, alien species somewhere in the universe. But if they are advanced enough to develop interplanetary travel or intergalactical. Intergalactical. <laughs> Intergalactic planetary? Right. Um, Planetary intergalactic. Yes. If they're able to develop that kind of technology, why would they come here? Because they don't know any better? You'd you'd think that they would, though. It's like, I think of, uh, like, the story of First Contact in Star Trek. Like, it was touched on in the movie First Contact, but it's just kind of like Star Trek lore that when... Zephram Cochran developed the first warp drive and launched his rocket into space. There just so happened to be a Vulcan ship passing by and noticed a warp signature. And that's what prompted them to come down to Earth and make first contact. If that hadn't happened, they would have just assumed that we were like a primitive species and passed right on by us. That's how I picture alien species. If they have the technology to travel to any planet in the galaxy or universe possibly, why would they fucking come here? Where, like, like look at us. We're pathetic. We're fucking stupid. <laughs> we, we might be, if there, are, if there are other species on other planets just in our own universe, or our own, uh, you know, planetary system, we are probably the worst ones. I always like the theory that the aliens <clears throat> that are out there, they're always like, don't, Go to Earth. That place is bad news. I don't want you hanging around, though. And then the aliens that always go to like Nebraska and zap up cows or whatever, they're like the rebel teenagers. They're just like, bro, you want to go to Earth? <laughs> uh, my mom says I'm not supposed to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. Dude, don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I mean, that being said and putting that aside, like, the whole Walton experience, like that as a book, I think is 
ridiculous. Like writing a book about your experience that I don't think actually happened. <laughs> and that's just me. Whatever. But um, this entire movie is you know based on his book, most of which he was not present for. True. Yeah. That's a good point. So they wrote this entire movie, quote, based on this book, and the main character is nowhere to be found for about 99% of the movie. Um, and pretty much the only person that's doing a good job is James Garner. Everyone else is eating a big fat ham sandwich. <laughs> really? Yes. I disagree. Yeah. And like that scene you're talking about where Robert Patrick is like, oh, I work with your brother or whatever, just talking to the town folk like, like, oh, you know me. I thought that whole scene was stupid. <laughs> that whole scene was kind of stupid. Um, yeah, and he's like, I'll take your damn lie detector test. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, Peter Berg was one of the guys, uh, I forget which character he played. David. David. Um, and, you know, that Peter guy. Berg. <laughs> Peter Berg. Like a John Houshman name. <laughs> Alec Berg. Um, he's not a good actor. He's a great director, but he's, his acting skills are... The only thing I saw that I recognized him from was Entourage. Yeah, he was in, he was in that, playing himself. Yeah. Uh, he was in Shocker. Uh, oh, was he? Yeah, he was, he was the kid. Oh. <laughs> um, but, he, like... I'm totally spacing on anything else he's been in, but everything I've seen him in, he's just not a very strong actor. Like, I think I realized, like, when I kept thinking that I knew him, I was like, I think he just looks like Christian Slater. I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if you make him look like a good actor, then the rest of your cast is doing something wrong. <laughs> anyway, um, those are just my takeaways, I guess. Like, just bad acting and a stupid story. <laughs> so kind of like everything was wrong with this. <laughs> and I don't know you have contrary opinions, but that's just me. I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like the whole... Everything with Robert Patrick. You it's, don't like him? And that's not that I don't like him. It's just... All the other stuff. It's, I basically just like the space stuff. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All the other stuff I could have done without. Yeah, I mean, you know, for this to be... I remembered you know, this being better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like me with Innocent Blood. I remembered it being much better. Yeah. But it just wasn't that good. This seemed like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> it just had that air about it. Like it was made for TV. Okay. <laughs> like, just, like, cut-rate actors, probably a cut-rate director. I don't know who directed it. Uh, Robert Lieberman. Why does that name sound familiar? Uh, he also directed... Um, D3. D3. <laughs> oh, well, I take back everything I said. A lot um, of TV movies, I see. X-Files. X-Files. Dead Zone. Dexter. Hmm. Well, yeah. I just this is one of those movies for I, f I feel like for as long as we've been friends, you're like, man, you got to watch Fire in the Sky. 
I'm just like, nah. <laughs> and then I had to because of this. And I'm just like, man, I wish I could unwatch that. <laughs> I remember my cousin really liking it. Maybe like, a lot. Was it maybe your maybe it was your cousin that was speaking its praises then? Might have been, because I I remember him really liking this movie. Like it being like one of his favorite movies. That's ridiculous. <laughs> How can this be anybody's favorite movie? Or like even in their list of favorites. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. And you know, I won't fight you on this, but I argue this as like as a relevant alien movie. <laughs> Cause the aliens were barely in it. But the whole thing is about an alien abduction. Not really. It's about the t- this town thinking these guys murdered their friend and saying that he was abducted by aliens. Yeah. But he was. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I won't, if you enjoy this movie, I won't take that away from you. I just thought it was kind of dumb. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I remember it being better, and it, it's like all the townsfolk stuff. I'm, I was kind of like, get to the aliens. <laughs> like, I remember the alien part being cool. Get to that. <laughs> and then once I got to that, I was like, yeah, this is what I wanted. And but it's like ten minutes. Yeah, and that's like. This being the first time I saw it, when it got to that part, I'm like, all right, now things are starting to get get, get going. Yeah, and then it's it's over after yeah. that. Yeah. It's like that happens, and then it's Rockford saying cockamamie, <laughs> and then it jumps right to uh, D.B. Sweeney telling T-1000 that he was... I don't know what, what the end of what it was. He was just like, hey, let's go drive out to that place where I was abducted. It's like, all right, that was fun. Let's like, go home. If... If I claimed I was abducted by aliens and then I showed up five days later, or like if I disappeared, came back five five days later, said I was abducted by aliens, and I said, hey, why don't you and me drive out to the woods? Would you just say, okay? Especially if I hadn't seen you in two and a half years? Yeah. I'd be like, he's going to kill me. Yeah. I'm going to bring a gun just in case. I feel like this was all cockamamie bullshit. I think, I think Travis Walton is full of shit, man. I mean, it's there's a strong possibility. Yeah. Anyway, um, are we done? Or you have more I, to say? No, I think that's it. Okay. Uh, I like I'm fighting between two and three. I give it a three just because the alien part was cool, even though it was only <laughs> like ten minutes long. Um. That's better than I thought you were going to do. So, <laughs> Yeah, like I, I really like the alien scenes. I like the way that the aliens were portrayed. Uh, it's something a little different, but at the same time, it's still familiar. So it's it's interesting. Um, but yeah, all the rest of the stuff was, I don't know. All the, the townspeople, like when they go to the bar and all the townspeople are just like giving them the stink eye. Mm-hmm. And there's that one fat guy that's like, if the law can't make them talk, I know some folks to can. <laughs> I was just like, fuck this guy. <laughs> Like, I hope this guy has a heart attack right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like they are just so convinced that they murdered someone with, like, really no evidence to back it up. Yeah. I like that Dallas was like, they can send you to jail for murder with no body. I'm like, habeas corpus, bro. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they all passed the... the, um, 
uh, polygraph, and like, except for except uh, for Dallas, Dallas, but that his is inconclusive. He doesn't actually fail. Yeah, that's just because like I mean, you kind of get the impression that he has conflicted feelings. Like he didn't really like Travis, mm-hmm. but he feels guilty about having left him out there. Yeah. So Plus, I, like I said, he's an ex-con, so he's like super on edge already. Yeah. He's convinced that he's going to go down for everything. Right. Anyway. Um. All right. You haven't given your rating yet. Uh. I'll give it. I'll give it a five. Okay. Okay. I do wish there was more alienness. Yeah. And I wish the ship looked better. Did they show the entire ship? No, just kind of the, the bottom. But it was, it was very like organic looking, which was interesting. It didn't look like a machine, like a normal, like you would think of a flying saucer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Fire in the Sky is not free anywhere. So yes, it is. It's free on Tubi. Yeah, if you want to watch commercials, it just like really... it wasn't bad. There was like three commercial breaks the whole movie. I guess that's true. Yeah, I was getting pissed off too. <laughs> it's like. I had a feeling that I didn't want to watch it. And out of the five movies I had to sit and watch, at like basically in a marathon, that was like the one I would have had to pay for. <laughs> so th- thank God it was on Tubi TV. <laughs> anyway, so next up is the 1982 classic, The Thing. I'd never heard of this one before. Liar. <laughs> John Carpenter's The Thing. This is also based on a book. Yes, uh, it is based on Who Goes There by John W. Campbell. This was previously made, that book was previously made into a film called The Thing from Another World. 
back in the 50s. Yeah, on our Instagram, we've been doing the 31 Nights of Halloween Challenge. And one of them was your favorite horror remake. And I thought about doing the thing, but I was like, it's really not a remake. It's more of a no. just a readaptation of the same uh, source material. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it could be said about a lot of things that are called remakes. Sure. But still. Um, which is funny because Hollywood has re-everything else for, you know, when they don't want to say remake. Right. It's just because of the stigma that's been attached to remake. It's yeah. Like, don't. Don't spice it up. Don't I piss on my head and tell me it's raining. Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the thing directed by John Carpenter. Um. What else has he done? Anything relevant? Uh, you know, some little things here and there. Some TV movies, and <laughs> I think a TV movie. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. But no, you'll recognize him from uh, a little film called Halloween or Escape from New York or Escape from L.A. Or Escape from L.A. <laughs> or The Fog. Try not to think about The Fog. <laughs> There's like this uprising people that just swear The Fog is a good movie. And I stand firm in saying, no, that movie's fucking shit. I don't think it's shit. Oh, it is hot, steaming piles of shit with a fog surrounding it. <laughs> with a shit cloud of fog. Prince of Darkness. Yeah, I mean, he's been around forever. Uh, Monkey Pudding Face. <laughs> Did not know about that one. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yes, the movie's a 1982 film. Um, with uh, It stars uh, Kurt Douglas. Nope. What? Sorry. <laughs> Kurt Russell. <laughs> not Kurt Douglas. Um, it's not even Kurt. It's Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Kurt Douglas is. <laughs> uh, Kurt Russell. Um, Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley. Don uh, <laughs> Keith David. Um, what are some other names we'd recognize? Uh, that's it. Yeah, I mean, T.K. Carter, David Clennon, Richard Dysart. Oh, yeah, T.K. Carter. He played uh, that guy in the early episodes of Saved by the Bell. It was still called Good Morning, Mrs. Bliss, or Miss Bliss. I don't know what they're saying right now. He's in Punky Brewster, too. Of course he is. David Moffat. Wait, Good Morning, Miss Bliss was a Disney Channel movie or a show? Sure. I did not know that. Yeah, he played Milo. He was like the, not the security guard, but like the... Hall monitor or something? I don't know what you're saying. Good Morning Miss Bliss was the precursor I to Save by the Bill. You're an asshole. <laughs> Fucking hate you. So this movie takes place in Antarctica. Um, not Antarctica, Antarctica. <laughs> Anti-Arctica. <laughs> um, and it centers around a United States uh, research base in. Antarctica. <laughs> Outpost but, 31, right? Right. Um, and uh, we open up on a helicopter chasing a... A dog. A, a dog uh, across the tundra, uh, shooting at it. <laughs> so immediately you're like, well, what the fuck? Um, and they come over... They come across Outpost 31 where the residents uh, are coming out of their... 
base to see what the fuck is going on because you know there's a helicopter flying around that isn't theirs and they hear gunshots so naturally you go outside to see what's going on instead of staying inside where it's safe yeah, where you won't get shot <laughs> right um oh uh and uh what? richard mazer he's in this he plays clark What's the dad from uh, License to Drive? <laughs> Where are you pulling these things out of, man? Seriously? You don't know License to Drive? I don't know License to Drive. I'm sorry. Are you fucking kidding me? That's with the Corys? I, I don't I don't know. Jesus Christ, man. You got to watch License to Drive. <laughs> I probably won't do that. It's so good. <laughs> and it's got Heather Graham. I mean, when she's still jailbait, but still, it's Heather Graham. <laughs> Anyway, so um, the helicopter lands and this guy from inside starts chasing after the dog, shooting at it, um, and ends up shooting, uh, let's see, he shot someone. I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, I knew this was going to be a problem. <laughs> There's too many characters and names I don't remember. The the pilot is is shot dead by Commander Gary. Well, it's the guy that he he the guy that comes out of the the helicopter. He starts running and chasing the dog, um, and it's screaming in Norwegian. You're right, and the guy he, like he shoots at the dog, but ends up shooting Palmer. Is that it? <clears throat> I'm not sure. It's the the bald redhead guy. How can he be bald and redhead? He's he's got a horseshoe. <laughs> God damn you! It's called a Caesar. You're a Caesar. You're a Caesar, Caesar salad. salad. <laughs> God, we're dumb. You're a shit salad. <laughs> That's you. That's what you are. <laughs> got him. <laughs> um. Yeah. So he shoots one of the guys. I I think it's Palmer. Fuck. I don't. Fuck if I know. Um, and, uh, call him Caesar, Caesar, he shoots Caesar. And, um, then the base commander ends up shooting the guy, the Norwegian back, uh, in the face, in the, in face. the face at long distance with a handgun, man, that guy's a fucking crack shot. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, they don't really know why they've been, why he was clearly after this dog. But they couldn't understand him what he what he was screaming because he was screaming in Norwegian. Is um, Norwegian actually a language? I think so. Keep talking. All right. Um. And uh, so they're just like taking a look at him, and they they think they bring him inside, and they're kind of going through his clothes, and they see that he's actually, or a Norwegian uh, researcher from the nearby Norwegian research base, also in Antarctica. Go figure. How about that? So they load up the the helicopter, um, which is piloted by McGreedy, who's um, played by Kurt Russell. Um, and they, they head back to the Norwegian base to see what's going on, and they find the base just in ruins, just burned down. And just dead bodies everywhere, along with the burning heap of 
something that looks like it may have been human at one point. So they load that up and bring it back to their base, which is just a poor decision. Yes. Actually, I guess that one's not too much of a concern. It's more the dog that they should be worried about that has been kenneled along with their other sled dogs. Later in the night, the dog starts splitting open and sprouting these fucking tentacles and turning into some kind of pile of monster mess. (laughs) Pile of monster. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think this all goes on while they're... Oh, I guess it was after because they were they were looking at this mass that they brought back from the Norwegian base, and uh, Blair, who's played by Wilford Brimley, he he starts digging into this creature, and he's like, "Well, I mean, what we've got is a full set of what look like healthy organs, but this is clearly not human." <laughs> um, Do you know he's he's billed as a Wilford Brimley? That's his name. But he was just one by Wilford Brimley. He's just a Wilford Brimley, not He's the Wilford one Brimley. One of many. Um, so, let's see. Yeah, so that's when the, the dog starts, the dog that they found and kenneled with their other sled dog starts opening up and just starts sprouting tentacles and like a second fleshless or is a skinless head like sprouts up it's like some fucked up dog head yeah um and it just starts to uh mutate and just turn into it, it looks like it's trying to uh shape shift essentially and McCready tells uh what's his face childs played by Keith David Beans about the Frank um, br- tells him to bring the flamethrower, and uh, they just torch the fucking thing. Yep, um, burn it, it down, and it just squeals in agony. And like this is not, this is like right after the thing like attaches itself to a wall, and then opens up a new hole <laughs> in itself where it sprouts teeth and like sh- shoots out this tentacle thing. And that's when it gets torched. Um, and uh, so from there, so Blair opens up this creature too and sees that it, uh, it's it got like dog parts, but also human organs. And it just starts digging into this thing and just finding all these different m- like species, yeah, different species of, of of body parts within this creature. So that's when he deduces that it's trying to mi- like it, it has the body ability to change its shape to mimic other creatures. And that's when Blair loses his shit and starts busting up the communication equipment because he does not want it to be able to radio out because. Like he, he, he seems like he's lost his fucking mind because he's just destroying the communication rooms with an axe. But he's like, "Do you think that thing wanted to be a dog? No, it wanted to be us." It's like that makes a lot of sense. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we should listen to him, guys. <laughs> but they stop him and they throw him out in the shed, 
because because he looked like a crazy guy. He's <laughs> clearly the most logical of them all. Um, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of stuff happens in this. Yeah, it's hard to keep it all straight. Well, they go they go to the Norwegian site. That's where they find the the ship. Right? Am I looking at the wrong? No. Oh no! Yeah, they find a a video of them find they they where they've discovered the landing site of this alien ship, and yeah, like their dig and their their harvesting of the creature. Yeah. So they actually go to the landing site, and they see the part the space where the thing was dug out of the ice or cut out, I guess. Um. And I th- they see the ship buried ne- underneath the ice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's massive. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly these Norwegians have been working on it for quite some time because it's buried under generations of snow. Yeah. Norris uh, says that it's probably been there for like 100,000 years. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um Okay, so yeah, the the dead thing that they brought back from the base, um, not the dog, but the other thing, right? The 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 human mess, humanoid. Yeah, they brought back from the Norwegian base uh, starts to reanimate and takes over Bennings, um, and uh, so so basically, this whole movie just kind of devolves into like a whodunit. I mean, that's essentially it. It's just like it creates this atmosphere of like you can't trust anyone. Like, yeah, I mean, the thing can be <clears throat> can be anything, any, anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. And it can, you know, basically take it, it takes over their body. And so it just because they're not mutated doesn't mean they're not inhabited by this thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it can it can replicate a body or take it over. I mean, just depending on what's convenient, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I mean, it it basically the thing starts working its way through the members of this research team. Um. And you know, they're they're all scientists, obviously, except for McGreedy and uh, and Bennings. Um. Right. Bennings. No, Gary. Um. So. You know, at a younger age watching this, it's like, why do they know how to do all this stuff? <laughs> it's like, oh, right, because they're scientists. Yeah. They know things. <laughs> they, yeah, they know how to put fingers on cell phones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't... I feel like if I try to detail this whole movie, it's going to take, it's going to take forever. Yeah. So yeah, it starts working its way through the crew, and it just becomes this this isolated paranoia for everyone. It's just like I don't know who to trust. McCready feel like he kind of becomes the de facto leader, uh, even though Childs tries to fight it. Um, but McCready basically starts calling all the shots because he says, you know, I know I'm human, but I don't trust any of you. It should have had like a long drawn out fight scene. Yeah, in an alleyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, that was another Carpenter movie we didn't right. mention. How do we not mention that? <laughs> I know. Anyway. Um, yeah, so it just... And the thing mutates into just these fucking hideous creatures. Yeah, I mean, and this is some of like the most awesome creature effects I've ever seen. Uh, all special effects done by Rob Bottin. Um, and, you know, that if you're even slightly into special effects or horror in general, I'm sure that's a name you've heard before. Um, but he's just incredible. Um, yeah, like you said. I like it, the part when the guy's chest opens and it has teeth and it just bites the guy's mm-hmm. arm. And then same scene, the guys, like they burn the body, but as the body's burning, the head separates from the body and cr- like it sprouts legs, like like spider legs and eye stalks and just skitters away. Yeah. Like how fucking creepy is that? It's terrifying. And this thing, like, it sprouts arms and, like, lifts itself up into the ceiling. It's like, fucking Christ. And so it, it, they come to discover that this thing can infect you with just a small particle of itself. Like, you don't have to be bitten. You don't have to be touched by it. You could, like, breathe in a skin flake, essentially. Yeah. Because... Um, McCready, who's not a scientist, actually determines it's like, well, this thing is just a bunch of living parts. You know, as a part, as a, you know, as an example, like a human, a bit of your blood is just, uh, I forget what the word he is, is just tissue. Like some of our blood is just tissue. But for this thing, it's actually a living organism. Like a drop of blood is a living thing. So it, any bit of any bit of it can infect you, and so one person. <sighs> Fuck! I wish I could remember the names. I mean, I, I, know, s- I, I see all the names here, but I just can't associate. I know. Faces same here. One person um, says that he's kind of been charged with researching this thing as best he can. He says, um, you know, because we don't know who this is or really how it works, I suggest that we. Um, keep away from each other. We prepare all our own meals and eat out of cans if we can. Um, and uh, yeah, it just, it, it shows like the, as these survivors become fewer and fewer, they just kind of devolve into like this, this massive paranoia where they don't trust each other. And I mean, and rightfully so. Like, they, they have no way of knowing who's who. And even as the viewer, we don't get a clue into it until it's too late. So, um, and eventually it dwindles down to where the only survivors are McCready um, and uh, Child. Childs. And there's one, there's a third person up in, almost till the end. Blair. Right? Uh, well, it comes in the end where Blair's actually been taken over by the thing. Yeah. Um, but there's one other person. Is it Gary? Knowles? It might be might be Knowles. I want to say it's either Knowles or Windows, but I, I can't remember. I guess it would probably say here. Yeah, it's Knowles. Okay, so yeah, Knowles. Um, but, you know, eventually everybody's killed off just because they've been infected by the thing or just killed by it. Um, where it gets down to just McCready and Nulls and Childs, who is off on his own. Fighting Roddy Piper. <laughs> right. 
Um, and they just they get so the, like uh, Blair is is now the thing, and he has been working underneath the shed to build a new ship because he's dismantled the snow crawler and the helicopter to build a new ship. It's basically like a smaller version of the ship that we saw buried in the snow. And actually the one flying through space at the very beginning of the movie, I guess. Um, but they blow that up. So now the alien's stuck there with them and really has nothing left to lose. <laughs> um, so it, I, they deduce that its best bet is to just allow itself to be frozen in the snow and wait for a new team to come and rescue them. Yeah. Um, and uh, McCready says we can't let that happen. Says we we're not getting out of here, so we need to do what we can to stop it. So uh, yeah, I mean it, it comes down to the point, like I said, where McCready's the only one left, and they've been suspicious of Childs because they saw him run off into the tundra. Um, he comes back after McCready has blown up the base to kill the alien to kill the thing once and for all and he pops up and says i saw blair or i thought i saw blair run off into the snow so i went chasing after him and then i got lost in the storm mccready's just like so tired and frozen that he's just like you know what whatever child just says you know well how do we know who who we really are and he's like well why don't we just sit here a little while and then we can figure it out? And so, I mean, you just kind of presume that they just sit there out, sit out freeze there and freeze to death. To death. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a very <clears throat> dark and grim ending. Yeah. Um, and there are really no heroes. Like, you want to think McCready's the hero, but he's really not. He was kind of out to save his own ass the entire time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's basically the movie itself. I mean, if you haven't seen it already, then I highly recommend it. But, you know, a lot of people say Halloween is John Carpenter's best work. I'm going to give it to this one. Like, I think this is his best movie. I I love this movie. I could watch it over and over again and not get sick of it. Um, Like, like I said, the cast is fantastic. The story is awesome. It's, it, it, like I said, it, it, it starts out just normal. I mean, there's not really much to suspect about it, but as time goes on, and the crew becomes smaller and smaller. Like even as a viewer, you can feel yourself becoming more and more desperate and like almost just tense because you don't really know. I mean, I'm I'm theorizing as a as a as if I'm a first time viewer that you, like, as time goes on, you don't know who is going to be next. Yeah. Like you see the the pattern of the movie itself, and you kind of say, okay, well, there's going to be someone now. The next person is in line to be the thing. But you just don't know who it is right. until, like I said, it's too late. Yeah, the person's already mutating and ready to attack you. So, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I really think the remake is better. <laughs> Fuck you. I think Owen Russell is a much better actor than his father. <laughs> You're an awful person. <laughs> no, I'm lying. It's not even a remake; it's a prequel. Well, I mean the 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 one that we've actually. It's it's amazing to me in five years that we haven't reviewed this movie. Yeah. We've done the prequel, but we haven't done this one. I mean, we don't really like go back and do old movies very often. We have more in the last couple of years, but yeah, yeah, I guess in the earlier days of the show, we haven't. Anyway, yeah, that that one actually, if anybody doesn't remember, that takes place at the Norwegian base. 
And the end of that movie picks up at the beginning of this one. Yeah. It's basically like it starts at the Norwegian base, then it's the exact same fucking movie, and then it ends at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but no, this movie is fantastic. It's, um, you know, I I feel like I would probably agree with you that I think this is probably Carpenter's best work. Halloween is probably his most iconic. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's the one that spawned into a franchise. I'm not sure this would have worked if you had tried to expand it. Obviously, you know, they tried to make a prequel and it's the same fucking movie. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I mean, you, you put characters out into a desolate area like the, our, our Antarctic tundra and there's really only so much you can do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just like solely as one movie, I think this is probably Carpenter. I would say this or they live is our Carpenter's best works. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say because Carpenter, as much as I hate to admit it, because I think he's kind of a prick, um, he's 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 done so many great movies, um, and it's really hard to pick a favorite or a best. Well, and his movies are so different; they really are. Like even you look at this and They Live, which I should have picked. Um, <laughs> that would have been so much better. <laughs> it really would have. God damn it! <laughs> Hindsight. But like they're both alien movies, but they're so different from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, you know. And then you know, you've got something like Halloween, which is a slasher, like some would say the original slasher. Yeah. And then how, how do you compare uh, the Prince of Darkness, which is about uh the about the, 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 the Antichrist. Yeah. Um, Big Trouble in Little China. That's out of left field. Yeah. <laughs> um, just yeah, so many different things, and you know. Whether or not you can credit that to him, because he didn't write any of them. Well, he wrote Halloween. He wrote Halloween, but I don't think he wrote any of the others. But, um, yeah, I guess his directorial style is hard. It's almost hard to identify because the movies are so different. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of directors. Like, you know, like some directors, you can watch a movie and be like, oh, that's that's a so-and-so. Right. That's a Romero, you know? Yeah, Yeah. It's hard to really just watch a movie that, without knowing and be like this feels like a John Carpenter movie mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah I mean you know the guy he's made good movies he's made shit movies like Christine like people swear that's a good movie and I think it's fucking garbage <laughs> especially because it like is so far off base from the the uh, original book which also isn't very good <laughs> I have to admit um, but no, I mean, like, this is his best work. Fight me, <laughs> like I will, I will fist fight anybody who wants to do it. <laughs> Fuck Halloween. This is number one. You heard him. Tony wants to fight. <laughs> um, who wants to throw hands? Yeah, I, like I said, I watch this movie over and over. Kurt Russell's awesome in this, and uh, it's got Wilford Brimley, so you can't be half bad. Doesn't have Mary Elizabeth Winstead though. That is the the one thing that the remake had. It does or not pre-make. Pre-make. <laughs> I mean, they could have, but you know, they'd have to put like her mother's womb in it. I was gonna say, <laughs> isn't she like not born yet? <laughs> Probably not even thought of or conceived. But yeah, this movie is absolutely fantastic. It's um, wait, yeah, she probably was. Never mind. It's, yeah, eighty two, right? Yeah. I don't remember how old she is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's claustrophobic. 
And at the same time, it's uh, it's like you said, this whodunit kind of movie. And so it's it's multiple different forms of horror all working together. Yeah. That makes it a, a terrifying movie. Yeah. And you know what makes it more tense is that a lot of times because it's basically them against this thing, which there's usually only one like entity at any given time, but it, in theory could be several at a time. True. Yeah. Um, but the fact that nobody ever knows who is who and the fact that they so often just to survive have to work together and you never, you never really know who could possibly be working against them is like that adds to the tension. Yeah. Cause you know, you're working with these people and at any given time, one of them could turn against you. It's true. So, and just, uh, I mean, and you add into the, the desolate, location and it just adds a sense of cabin fever too mm-hmm. so but i mean their only their only method of getting out of there was that helicopter and it's been taken apart so yeah anyway um yeah i mean this is a fantastic movie i couldn't recommend it enough and uh yeah i mean this is this is a must watch if you are a fan of horror of any kind then this needs to be on your watch list. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, then you're doing it wrong. And if you're a Carpenter fan, then and you haven't seen this, what the fuck are you doing with then your life? Then are you even a Carpenter fan? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're just a Carpenter's fan. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Got him. Don't you remember you tell me you love me, baby? Um, should I give this a nine? Yes. Okay. Then yes. I'm having a real hard time wondering if I should give this a ten. What? No. Come on. I'm I'm trying to think of what is wrong with it. I mean, if you want to get really critical, yeah, we could punch holes in it, but I mean, some of the acting is a little stiff. It's just like I feel for that like that mm. 10 that you got to be super critical. It's got to earn it. All right. All right, 9. <laughs> I mean, if you want to give it a 10, then if you want to bust that cherry, uh, I feel like I'm still saving that for Shaun of the Dead, though. I don't know if we're ever going to review it, but I'm saving it for someone special. <laughs> All right. All right. Nine. Yeah. Okay. Double nines, guys. So as you can see, this is a must, re- or is a not must recommend. It is a recommend. You must Watch this and recommend it to someone. That's that's how good it is. Yeah, pay it forward. Uh, this is free on Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime. Yep. Um, it's not on Shutter, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, so that's it, guys. Yep. That is a week of the alien in the can. Done. Put a stamp on it. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, well, I hope you had fun with that. I know I did. Yep. Thank you, Taylor. Uh, we're going to be back next week. We don't even know what we're watching. Nope. I hope we do soon so I can think about when I'm going to watch them. <laughs> yeah. I wish it wasn't a four-way tie right now. Right. 
So yeah, patrons out there, uh, this is your week, guys. Uh, go ahead, get out there, put in your votes to decide what theme we're going with next week. Because we also have to pick which movies we're going to watch right. <laughs> based on said theme. So get out there and vote. Uh, Patreon.com slash Podcast. correct? Correct. Hey, I know some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, for all you other folks out there, where can they go, Taylor? They can go to graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, that's where you can find all our old episodes and merchandise and uh, videos and anything else that we've ever done, ever. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on our Facebook group, The Graveyard. Find us on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And that's it. Yeah. We already said Patreon. And sooner than later, we're going to have uh, links on where to buy tickets to the Grave Plot Film Fest. Yeah. As soon as we get all those details banged out. Yeah. yeah. Neat. Bang it out. Bang it so hard. Just gotta bang. Bang those tickets. <laughs> We're gonna bang all the tickets and then, <laughs> then you're gonna have them. We're not gonna have sex with your tickets, guys. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right, this is devolving, so I'm gonna end this. Yeah, just stop talking. <laughs> all right, guys. So back next week with a brand new episode of October Rama. Till then. I am Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. But it's overrated and somehow played out. He doors down so you can't ignore it. I'll hunt you down like a Tyrannosaurus. My teeth are sharp like a gray white shark. Let me taste that flesh. It's my favorite part. Got an eagle beak with the ostrich feet. Seven spider eyes for every day of the week. Means I'm still up working while your bitch ass sleeps. I'm an alien among the human beings. I fell down to earth from a hundred miles away. And somehow I still make it work. But it's overrated and somehow played out. Tell you that I'm out here